Hello and welcome to Flour, Butter, Eggs, Sugar. My name's Kate and I'm the host of this podcast and this is a podcast that is really by a home baker and for home bakers and it's going to be honest and realistic. Uh, It's going to include fails as well as successes. Um, I'm going to be talking about things that have worked well, things that haven't in the kitchen and things that have been delicious or not so delicious. Um, So each episode I am going to be giving you a rundown of either a type of bake or a type of ingredient or combination of ingredients and I'm going to be talking through the history, different spins on this uh, baker ingredient and key kind of technique And I'm also going to be sharing with you recipes that I've found or recipes that I've sort of developed um, for you to hopefully bake along um, at home. And I've set up, uh, in order to do this, I've set up a few things because I want to hear what you've been baking. It could be things related to the podcast. It could be other things. Um, So there is going to be a website where I have where I'm going to be putting the recipes so that website is flourbuttereggssugar.wordpress.com and there is an email address so that you can email me and that is flourbuttereggssugar at gmail.com and I've also set up a Facebook group for listeners of the podcast. So if you search Flour Butter Eggs Sugar podcast listeners then you should be able to find it and join. Um, so... I would love to hear from you and what you've been baking. Sometimes I'm going to be asking a guest to talk to me about a particular uh, ingredient or bake that episode. Sometimes I'm just going to be talking and you will soon get to know that I have lots of opinions about things that don't matter very much. So you're going to be hearing me sometimes having a bit of a light-hearted rant sometimes rambling on a bit but hopefully there will be things in in this podcast that you find useful and you can take away and use in your own baking. So our first episode is about shortbread and I chose to look at shortbread first because it is really simple and easy to make. Um, It is absolutely not something that you should feel intimidated by baking Uh, Whether you've been baking for years and years and years or whether you've never baked before, it's something that everybody can do. And I think that um, hopefully you could all take something interesting away from the podcast today. So I'm going to be splitting this up into three sections. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of shortbread. I'm going to talk a bit about different ingredients that can be included in shortbread, both the kind of fundamentals and sort of flavourings on top. Um, And I'm also going to be talking about the technique and how to make it and how I'm going to be talking you through all of that. So let's get started. I'm really excited. I can't wait. And we're going to start by looking at the history. Yay, welcome back to Flour, Butter, Eggs, Sugar. And we're going to start off with History Corner. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about the history of shortbread. So 
Um, shortbread was in the Middle Ages actually um, unsweetened and a lot of the time with British baking you find that uh, the things that we now consider really traditional British bakes are not really present until the sort of 19th century or thereabouts, sometimes a little bit earlier, um, because of the lack of refined sugar. So the bakes that we know today really kind of exploded in the um, sort of 1800s uh, due to the import of sugar. And of course, um, this also coincides with the transatlantic slave trade. Um, so the things that we now consider really typical British bakes uh, are really actually quite recent uh, inventions. There's a lot of spices in them, okay? There's a lot of um, sugar from the Caribbean. Uh, there's a lot of imports. There's a lot of things that have been brought over here by immigrants. So um, there's, you know, there's sharing uh, all around the world at all points of history, um, including in baking. Um, but the first written sweet shortbread recipe that uh, food historians have come across is from 1736 and it's from a Mrs McClintock. Um, and supposedly Mary Queen of Scots was said to be quite fond of shortbread, although I'm really not familiar with whether uh, the sort of pro provenance of that is reliable. Um, and something I was thinking about is why is this called shortbread? Because it isn't bread. It is short, but it isn't bread. It is a biscuit or a cookie in American English. Um, and, you know, for those who, of you who might not be as familiar with British bakes, um, shortbread and gingerbread are usually both biscuits. Uh, you can get ginger cakes as well. Um, tea cake is a bread, type of bread, uh, in terms of it's yeasted. Custard creams are a biscuit, they're not a cream. Eccles cakes are actually a pastry, Eccles cakes. They're usually made with a rough puff pastry. Oat cakes are usually a biscuit, but uh, in some regions they can be a pancake. Um, Stotty cakes are a, a type of bread. Plum bread is actually more like a cake because it's quite heavily sweetened. Mince pies no longer contain mints. Um, rich tea biscuits are not rich and they don't contain any tea, although they are usually eaten with a cup of tea. And clap cakes are actually a crisp bread. So as usual, uh, the sort of British naming of things makes complete and total sense. Um, but I mean, these names have sort of developed over time. And I think uh, a few hundred years ago, quite a lot of baking in Britain was probably quite dense. Um, and quite a lot of things were probably sort of uh, heavy slabs, um, I've got to say, because <clears throat> um, this is, you know, thinking before reliable um, factory produced yeast. Uh, people would have used sourdough, which does work. Um, I bake, bake sourdough uh, bread, but it's much harder technique. Um, and also, uh, and it's not always as light. And also before kind of reliable chemical leavening, 
uh, things would have been much sort of denser uh, and much more um, flat, probably much heavier. Um, and you get that with some things. So, you know, for example, there's something called heavy cakes. There is lardy cakes. Uh, a lot of British baking is a lot more kind of heavy and um, comforting and homely than, you know, maybe French patisserie, for example. Um, and those are some, some of the reasons why. Um, so I'm now going to be thinking a little bit about what goes into shortbread and sharing with you the master recipe. Right, so let's get into how to make shortbread and what to put in it. So the kind of classic recipe is three, two, one. Um, and this is by proportion. So that would be three parts, and this is by weight. Okay, three parts by weight of flour to two parts by weight of butter to one part by weight of sugar. That's the sort of classic, classic recipe. And I think it's great. It's very reliable um, and it produces really, really good results. Um, but of course, there are lots and lots of variations. So I'm going to be talking a little bit now about um, how people have kind of altered this recipe over time, how people have made it their own, have tried to achieve different textures and flavours with it. So, um, so traditionally you would use wheat flour in shortbread, so 100% wheat flour, okay, that would be a three parts flour or be wheat flour, but people have tinkered around with this, so uh, people uh, often include up to a third or even half of corn flour or rice flour instead of wheat flour. Um, people sometimes include uh, spelt flour instead or as well of wheat flour and people even sometimes include polenta or semolina and all of these are due are basically to change the texture of the shortbread to make it as short as possible so as sort of crumbly um, and melt in your mouth as possible which is what shortness is um, and the reason why people might use all of these different types of flours is because they are all either lower in gluten or they might be uh, more coarse and therefore it's more difficult for the wheat to form long strands of gluten. So corn flour, rice flour, spelt and polenta are all much lower in gluten or some, some of them don't even have any. Um, and semolina is made from wheat flour but because of its coarse texture it doesn't sort of form those long strands as, as easily uh, which would make the texture of the shortbread chewy rather than crumbly and melt in your mouth um, so people include all those different types of flour a lot of the time uh, you could also include ground nut as a type of flour or to replace some of the flour and some of the butter because ground nuts are quite fatty and moist as well as being um, a kind of kind of giving a baked body as well so that is a possible option I've included ground hazelnuts before which were really really good um, but you do have to be careful around including ground nuts because if you are sticking to the three to one method then you might find that they can get a bit too fatty 
um, or a bit too cloying. So there's kind of ways around that. So you could uh, refrigerate or freeze your dough. Um, refrigerating it for a long time would make it really harden up so that it doesn't leak as much butter or spread as much in the oven. Um, you could just include a little bit less fat. Um, you could uh, you could maybe roll it in flour. Okay, there's kind of different ways around it. Um, in terms of the fat or the butter, so traditionally you do include, you know, um, cow's butter. Um, some recipes that I've come across use a lot more butter than the three to one um, ratio. So they might include like um, 200 grams of flour, 200 grams of butter, for example. And this makes a really, really rich, crumbly shortbread. But again, I think it's something that you would want to be careful about because if there's loads of fat, then it's more likely that the biscuit will spread or will leak out butter and you get a kind of more greasy texture uh, when you're eating it that way. So again, I think refrigerating it for a long time would probably be good there um, or maybe only using wheat flour so that it's a, a bit more absorbent. Um, but yeah, that's quite, it is nice and it is very luxurious, um, but I personally don't think it's that necessary. Um, I have started using recently salted butter in most of my baking. Um, I think it does make a difference to the taste. A lot of British recipes don't use any salt in sweet products, but I actually think it's quite important. I think it brings out a bit more flavour and I quite like that balance of salty and sweet. So I, I've started using salted butter. You don't have to, you can use whatever you want. You could instead use unsalted butter and just put a little pinch of, of salt in um, as well. Now, for those of you that might be vegan or allergic to milk, um, I have found that stork works. Um, you know, there are other kind of baking blocks that you can find that are vegan, but I found that stork works quite nicely, but it doesn't really taste of them very much. Um, and it, uh, can give you a bit of a film on your tongue of, of grease. So I would actually suggest going down a little bit on the amount of fat if you're gonna use something like stalk um, and trying to incorporate other strong flavors that will uh, balance it out a bit more. So, you know, one of the, is, butter is the sort of prominent flavor in traditional shortbread. So you'd want to make it taste of something else because there's no butter there. So, for example, you might include cocoa and you might make a little vegan um, chocolate shortbread, for example. I've also seen recipes that use cold coconut oil because that acts in a kind of similar way to butter. So that might be worth a shot as well. And you might find that it tastes um, slightly better than stalk, which isn't bad, but it doesn't really have a, a, a strong flavour. And then finally, people have also kind of tinkered around with sugar. So I usually use caster sugar and caster sugar is the most common thing in British baking because it has quite fine granules. So this is called super fine in, in America and um, it those fine granules mean that it dissolves more easily into baked goods, particularly it's good for cake actually. But I do use it in my shortbread. Um, but I have used granulated sugar and it has worked nicely. It can make it a bit more crunchy. So it's something that you might sprinkle on top when you get it out as well. Uh, you might sprinkle a bit of granulated or demerara on for a bit of crunch. 
um, so you can use granulated. Uh, you could use brown sugar, that would give it quite a nice caramel kind of flavour. Um, a lot of the time when I'm following a recipe to just boost the flavour of it, um, I will swap out white sugar for brown sugar quite commonly and it usually works without too many problems. Um, it's slightly more moist, so that's something that you might want to consider if you're making like a meringue or something, but yeah, generally it works quite nicely. Um, I've also seen recipes that use icing sugar in part or or fully as the sugar component and that leads to a more delicate bake um, it's means it does change the texture a bit makes it a bit more crumbly makes it a bit more melt in the mouth because it, the sort of granules are so fine um, so that can work really nicely I found that it stales more quickly when you use icing sugar um, so like even the day after it's not as good um, whereas using castor or granulated it stays good for a few days um, and the other thing that I found is that it's quite difficult to roll out or to press into the pan um, but it does lead to a really really beautiful texture so it might it is worth trying um, so those are the three key ingredients and then people have obviously um, played around with the flavour of shortbread a significant amount so um, Nigella Lawson has a recipe for Parmesan shortbread, uh, which is in one of her books, but it's also available on the BBC website. Um, that's really, really delicious. Um, Diane Henry has a, a recipe for cheddar and hazelnut shortbread, uh, which is also on the BBC website and is also really quite good. Um, I, when I made this one, I found that the fat content was really high. So I would I would recommend refrigerating that really well before baking, um, maybe cutting it out and then refrigerating it again, because you really want to stop fat leaking from it, because then it will have, you know, a sort of greasy texture that is not what you want. Um, you could also maybe increase uh, the flour content a little bit, because as you can imagine, having butter and cheddar and hazelnut, that is three different fats. So it is quite fatty, but then again, fat does make things really delicious um and there are kind of multiple variations of herb and herb and cheese um uh, shortbreads as well so you know rosemary thyme um i don't know sage those would all be quite nice with with cheese um and you know it goes without saying that if you're going to make something savoury you wouldn't want to include the sugar so that would be a flour butter and other ingredients type of shortbread um in terms of sweet shortbreads you know where you would be including sugar um let's start with things that are a bit less controversial so vanilla is quite nice um i would include a good whack of it so you really taste it it sometimes annoys me the way that recipes sort of knee-jerk call for vanilla and everything but then sometimes you don't even really get to taste it. Um, so, you know, if I'm making three, two, one, I will include maybe a tablespoon of vanilla rather than a teaspoon to really make it kind of quite strong. And I quite like using vanilla bean paste these days, um, particularly in biscuits, because you kind of see the sort of flecks of vanilla. Um, and I think it, for me, it's, I feel like it's slightly stronger than, than the extracts that I've used. Um, you can include cocoa to replace some of the butter. So 
I have recently been making a cocoa shortbread where there's 260 grams of flour to 40 grams of very good quality cocoa. I use green and blacks, um, but anything that's quite robust and flavorful as a cocoa would work. Some of them are a bit dusty, I find, so that's why I use quite high quality cocoa. Um, you could use various different warm spices. So cardamom is really, really good. You could use um, uh, allspice, you could use ginger, you could use a small amount of cloves. They're very strong, so you have to be careful with them. You could combine those into something that sort of approximates masala chai kind of flavouring. I've done that before and that was quite nice. Um, you could include uh, lemon zest, orange zest, uh, lemon or orange extracts or oils. Um, anything that packs a flavour punch without adding loads of liquid because that will completely change uh, and ruin the consistency of your shortbread. Um, and then in terms of things that might be kind of sweet and salty, um, there's a lovely recipe for tahini shortbread in Ruby Tando's book, Flavour, um, sorry, not Flavour, Crumb is called, uh, which is her baking book. And that is really delicious. So I would strongly recommend those. They're really easy to make as well. If I remember rightly, you just kind of combine it, roll them, roll them into balls, um, maybe put them in the fridge at some point and bake them. That is it. There's no rolling out. There's no cutting shapes. It's just simple and delicious. Um, there's a really interesting recipe for black sesame shortbread that I tried um, a while ago, which is on the Just One Cookbook website. Um, and this is a sort of food blog by a Japanese home cook. Uh, and it's really, really good, uh, that blog. So I strongly recommend that and trying her black sesame um, shortbread. Um, and you can use as well, like, so you could use herbs with cheese, but you could also use herbs in sweet um, baking as well and that can be quite nice so like chocolate and sage for example works really nicely together um, I've tried rosemary and thyme um, you need to be a little bit careful when you're including these kinds of herbs because if you go too far it can taste a bit like your Sunday dinner um, but if you think in terms of teaspoons of fresh chopped herbs rather than tablespoons you're probably kind of on the right track there um, they can be really nice kind of unusual additions and then people have really kind of taken shortbread to a different place by layering things on top. So uh, you will probably be familiar with millionaire's shortbread. Um, for anyone who isn't, um, it is a layer of kind of plain shortbread and then a layer of caramel and then a layer of chocolate on top. Um, there's loads of variations of it as well. Um, and I absolutely love millionaire's shortbread. It's one of those things that even when it's not good is still kind of good if you know what I mean like I will go into a chain coffee shop and that is the thing that I would order because even though I know if I made it it would be more delicious even the kind of bought mass-produced version I still think is really really good so uh, I love I love 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 millionaire's shortbread and it's actually quite simple particularly if you buy buy caramel and you cheat um, rather than making your own and then in the US, they have something called lemon bars, which I've not yet tried, but it sounds delicious. Um, it's a layer of buttery shortbread, and then on top, a sort of layer of lemon curd. 
and it really sounds really good. So I think I'm going to have to try that at some at some point and I'll I'll try and get back to you about about how that was for me. So that is a kind of run through of some different ingredients that you could include in shortbread. And in the final section, I'm going to be talking to you about the key technique and I'm going to be passing on a couple of recipes for uh, for shortbreads. So let's go. Hello and welcome back to Flour Butter Eggs Sugar. And in this section, I'm going to be talking about the technique of how to make shortbread. And I'm going to be sharing a couple of recipes with you to try if you want to. Um, so shortbread relies on a technique called rubbing in, which um, a lot of you might be familiar with, um, which is all about trying to coat, uh, trying to coat granules of flour with butter so that you avoid those bits of flour sticking together and forming strands of gluten. Um, and thus you make a very short, crumbly, um, melt in the mouth kind of texture. Um, so the traditional way to do this is with your fingertips, you just put the um, flour and cold cubes of butter from the fridge into a bowl and then you rub uh, the both of them in between your fingertips until you've got a consistency that looks like breadcrumbs. Um, you can also use a food processor. This is really highly effective um, and I think it's just as good. You um, again start with the flour and butter and you just um, whiz them on um, using the blade of the food processor together until you get a sort of breadcrumb consistency. Um, you need to make sure that your flour is cold so that you don't, because um, otherwise uh, it won't achieve the right consistency and it won't, it won't get to that breadcrumb stage. Something I've been doing recently is actually using a pastry blender. So this is basically one big handle and then it's got metal slats at the bottom and you um, put it into the flour and butter and kind of twist it. Um, and I found that it's slightly quicker than using my fingertips. Um, the result is the same. Um, so and, and the other thing is that sometimes I don't really want to get my food processor out and have to clean it and the whole thing. So. It's just a sort of simpler way um, to to do it. But the food processor is definitely the quickest and really effective if you're in a rush. Um, once you've rubbed those, those, the flour and butter together, you then stir in sugar uh, and any flavourings. And then you just press it into a lined uh, dish. So you want the thickness of the shortbread. Ideally for me, it's about a centimetre. Um, so you want, you know, I don't like, personally, I don't like it completely, like really, really thin. Um, but I do, I do like it about a centimetre, uh, thickness. So it's not really, really thick either. Um, and once you've pressed that in, you go straight ahead and bake that in a moderate to high oven. So I do gas five in my rubbish gas oven. You could do uh, 190 in um, an electric oven or 170 in an electric fan oven. And for me, this takes about 20 minutes. I put it on one of the 
um, one of the shelves that's not quite as close to the flame. Um, so you might want to put it on a cooler shelf or you might want to have a slightly lower temperature. It sort of depends on how your oven behaves. Ours burns everything in one corner um, and heats everything from the bottom. So I just sort of have to work with that and be aware of it. Um, and that is literally it. So when you get it out, then I score it. So I just do it in one big block and then I score it when it comes out with a sharp, uh, small knife into sort of squares or um, bars or whatever. Um, and I find that this really creates the ideal um, consistency for shortbread. Um, for me, I think rolling it out and making shapes is really nice and if you want to make something pretty for a gift or like somebody's birthday or something like that then that's a really nice idea um, but shortbread is not very good at holding its shape because of its high fat content so it it, it won't make clear shapes um, but you might be able to do some more simple shapes um, and um, I also find that if you roll things roll it out it can get a bit more tough and a bit less kind of crumbly and melt in the mouth um, so that's why I do it like this um, particularly if it's just for me and my partner and I'm just making some because I feel like it I'll just press it in the pan stick it in the oven and go um, but it isn't it isn't the prettiest way of doing it um, so I hope that this has given you some confidence to try try making shortbread it really isn't complicated it is a case of rubbing in mixing um, other flavourings and sugar if you're using sugar and then pressing it into a pan baking it for 15 to 20 minutes if it's about a centimetre thickness if it's thinner you would bake it for a shorter amount of time um, but yeah that is that is it so the next um, part the last part of this podcast is me sharing a couple of recipes with you so hopefully you might feel inspired to go away and make these or you might want to adapt them to your own tastes um, or kind of play around with uh, with the sort of three two one template which is what I've been playing around with so the first one is for cocoa and cardamom shortbread I'll share these recipes on the website um, which is again it's uh, flour butter eggs sugar dot wordpress dot com so i'll share the written recipes on on the website um but it is for the cocoa and cardamom it is 260 grams of plain flour 40 grams of cocoa half a teaspoon of ground cardamom 200 grams of cold cubed butter and 100 grams of caster sugar um and I really like this recipe. I've tried it out recently. I really want to know whether other people like it too. Um, my partner and I both really enjoyed it. It's, the spicing is quite delicate. So if you want to sort of pack more of a punch in the spicing, you could maybe go up a little bit to three quarters of a teaspoon or maybe even a whole teaspoon. Um, but we found that it was about the right amount to kind of complement the... Um, to complement the sort of chocolatey flavour. You could definitely go overboard and make it taste like perfume, which isn't necessarily what you want. Um, and 
it's using the same technique but I would just chuck in the flour, cocoa and cardamom into the bowl all at the same time and then the and then the butter rub that in then stir the sugar um, and then proceed as 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 we've talked about in the in the technique section um, so yeah I've, I really have enjoyed that one it's um, I sort of came up with it recently and it's just really yummy um, it's the sort of delicate spicing with the rich cocoa I think for me it just really works so I would urge you to try it um I use salted butter but you could you don't have to you, you could leave that out you could use unsalted or you could use um you could use uh unsalted with a pinch of salt um I use ground green cardamom but you could definitely grind your own um that is probably um le a bit less disgustingly white than the way I do it um, and the other important thing I just use I personally just use golden caster sugar but it don't, doesn't matter that much um, on that but what I would say is that the cocoa quality is important here so you want something that is going to really pack a kind of punch in terms of its depth of flavor its complexity so that's why I use green and blacks um, but you might find a brand that you really like, um, use whichever you prefer. But I think getting the sort of cheapy cocoa um, is not, it, it's just not as good. There's lots of things that I am prepared to compromise on, like I get really cheap flour, um, I get pretty cheap butter, because in the UK our butter's quite good, but I am not prepared to compromise on butter um, with my current income anyway. Um, so that's the cocoa and cardamom and then the the second one that I'm going to share with you is for London Fog so this is adapted from a website called Oleander and Palm and the original recipe is really really beautifully delicate um, in the original recipe there's in terms of weight there's like more butter than there is flour um, if you because it's it's done in cups but I if you kind of convert it to weight, it's more butter than flour. So it's incredibly delicate. And it's uses cast, it uses icing sugar, sorry, which makes it even more delicate. Um, I've adapted this a bit uh, by just, um, I've used icing sugar, but I've used a slightly more normal amount of flour just to make it a little bit more robust. Um, and I think that it keeps it a bit better as well. In, uh, after a couple of days um, it keeps better in slightly bigger um, chunks rather than really thin slices I find that it just lasts a bit better and sometimes I just want a bigger hunk of shortbread to be honest um, so London Fog is a sort of Canadian drink and I really have no idea what it's got to do with London because this is not a thing that we have um, in London but it is the, it's a combination of Earl Grey uh, tea and vanilla and it is absolutely delicious so I really would strongly recommend trying this um, it's sort of fragrant um, but it's not too floral um, and it's sort of grown up but it's still quite sweet and kind of pleasing um, and you need to go quite heavy on both of those flavorings you need to go heavy on the oh great you need to go heavy on the 
uh, vanilla, really heavy on the vanilla, because that will lead to the most delicious cookie or biscuit. So, um, yeah, so for London Fog, what I've been using is as follows. So 300 grams of plain flour. Um, and then two tablespoons of Earl Grey tea leaves, which works out as about 12 grams. I weighed it in case anyone wants to be uh, wants to just weigh it instead. You need to make sure that the tea leaves are quite fine um, and so that you don't end up with like twigs in your uh, in your shortbread. So I was using um, twinings and I found that some of the bits were a bit big. So I kind of ground it in a pestle and mortar to make them smaller. I have made this before and on previous occasions we have ended up with sort of twiggy bits of Earl Grey stuck in our teeth. So I would recommend um, maybe you could put it in a food processor actually with um, with maybe the flour or sugar alternatively um, or when you or if you're using a food processor to rub in you could stick it in at that stage and that might kind of break it up a bit as well but yeah I used a I used a pestle and mortar and then I also just removed any kind of really big twiggy bits as well um, so then you've got 200 grams of butter again I used salted but you could use unsalted with a pinch of salt and then finally I used 85 grams of icing sugar so I've gone a little bit lighter on the amount of sugar because icing sugar is so sweet it is really really sweet but it really works in this biscuit I think and it leads to a more delicate texture so I would recommend using icing sugar here for that kind of beautiful kind of crumble it's really really good so those are my two recipes um please try them or please adapt them as you want to um put your own spin on them uh you might want to change for example the spicing in the cocoa and cardamom and you might you could you could try cinnamon that that would probably be really good um but yeah you you can um adapt these as you see fit and all you need to remember is that shortbread is three, two, one. Okay, next time we are going to be looking at brownies and we're going to be um, reclaiming brownies from the sort of disastrous results that we saw on a recent episode of the Great British Bake Off. Um, why people were doing these things to brownies, I do not understand. We are going to be reclaiming the brownie and we are going to go through, again, the history of the brownie, basic techniques and kind of flavourings and different spins on it that you could you could make. But we are not going to be putting figs in it because that is just weird. And we're not going to be putting meringue on it because it is completely unnecessary. So we're going to stick to a really nice classic brownie, but just with a sort of few tweaks here and there so that you can adapt it to whatever you want to eat and put in your face and share with your friends or not if you're in lockdown so see you next time and thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate it do leave comments um do review the show if you can and do also um feel free to email me or comment on the website so again it's flour butter eggs sugar.wordpress.com 
or flourbuttereggsugar at gmail.com and I'll see you soon. Bye! Flour, Butter, Eggs, Sugar is written and performed and produced very poorly probably by Kate in her small London flat and I just want to say that I'm really grateful to Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn from Preheated um, because many of the recipes that I've mentioned uh, I found via them and they ended their podcast recently but it is brilliant if, if you want to listen um, to that it's called Preheated so uh, I'm just really grateful to them. Um, happy baking! Bye!